Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Ed Barakowskis is uh, sort of about music, sort of about COVID. Ed is the drummer of my favorite DC band, Teen Mortgage. He's also the drummer of Tired All the Time, and Teen Mortgage has a show on uh, Tuesday, uh, October 13th at DC9. You are not able to go to that show. You are able to pay for the stream of that show, and proceeds will go to the band and to DC9. That's a very good idea. I hope it's a success. Once again, it is on October 13th, 2020. The link to that show is in this podcast description. Teen Mortgage just played the show a bunch of times. I'm actually going to close this episode with a song by Teen Mortgage uh, from their Life and Death EP. My favorite band in D.C., I wear their shirt all the time. So if you've seen me in the last seven months in and around Tacoma Park, I'm probably wearing their T-shirt. Here's Ed. What's your day job? I'm a registered nurse. Yeah. So uh, uh, how has the last seven months been? Oh, great. <laughs> just, just fantastic. Yeah. Learned a lot of critical thinking skills. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really thankful that I don't work in the emergency department mm-hmm. anymore. Um, I still work in emergency medicine, but I work for a uh, different company, which I won't mention because sure. I'll probably lose my job. Do they know that you're a musician as well? Um, yeah, like my track managers know that I'm a musician and everything like that. But uh, you know, it didn't make my resume. Yeah. Do you feel safer playing music out in public these days or going to work? <laughs> I feel safer uh, probably out in public. I would say because I mean, works works a little different. Yeah. I mean, at this point, um, given the first three months and the situation things were, uh, I think it was kind of a test of, you know, if I was going to get severely sick from COVID, I would have gotten severely sick in the first three months when we were like reusing gowns. Mm-hmm. We didn't have <laughs> uh, equipment and things like that. And I'm pretty sure I caught it within the first like, maybe three weeks of everyone knowing about it. Um, you know, it's like I'm, I'm definitely probably more along the lines of someone that would fare well, just given like, you know, my uh, age and mm-hmm. activity level. And, you know, I have a certain level of commitment to like my own community because I'm always surrounded by disease anyway. Yeah. So you, so, so you uh, said you did have it within the first three weeks. I never got it confirmed. I mean, okay. I think even if you get antibody testing antibodies, uh, even after like three months, if you produce them, uh, they don't seem to really be uh, detectable at a certain point. So it's by the time they rolled out the testing, it was kind of, you know, beside the point whether I had or not. Yeah. And at this point, um, you don't really hear a lot about the antibody testing so much because they don't really know how to correlate to that to anything. Now, you know, it doesn't do. really say that you have, yeah, it doesn't really say that you have like immunity. It just says, well, you have antibodies and means you've been exposed it doesn't mean you haven't been exposed if you don't have. Okay, but you do know the severity of this. I don't need to explain this to you, but um, uh, not there's no but here, I should say. But in addition to that, uh, you are taking a risk by playing out, by being in a small rehearsal space. Um, do does uh, does James feel safe with you around? <laughs> well, he was around during the beginning, and. Uh, at this point, as far as like really being in like small rehearsal spaces, it's, um, you know, it's, it's always something we do rarely. And 
I think it, that's the point where we're kind of at with society right now is mm-hmm. that like, you know, people are at this point willing to uh, take a certain level of risk, yeah. you know, and really the, the point of a lot of it isn't the problem isn't like small gatherings and, and things like that. The problem uh, really with the, the whole point of the, the shutdown in the beginning is, you know, it's like we pretty much from the beginning assume that people are going to get it it's just kind of a matter of time but you know what you're trying to do with you know flattening the curve is just getting it to the point where it's like oh people have a better chance survival if they're not trying to seek care in a healthcare organization that's completely uh saturated and uh you know stretched out which if this would have uh you know if the amount of people would have caught it early on at, at a you know, super high rate and that wasn't buffered. It's like, you would have saw a lot more people die within the last couple of months, you know, just flat out, you know, we're at the point now where you're a little further out. Um, they have a, you know, a little bit more knowledge about the disease process and what to do. Um, you've seen people move away from things like, uh, ventilators, okay. you know, where it's like a lot of people would get put on ventilators for, um, low oxygen levels um in the beginning and when you put someone on a ventilation it had its own um battery of issues that it causes itself so in the beginning if you got vented um you know i mean do you know what i mean like intubated like vented like you're put on a vent mm-hmm. yeah um your chance of survival was very low like maybe at best 20 percent um I know at some point there were certain hospital systems that in April, if you were put on a vent, they hadn't had anyone that had been extubated. Wow. So um, you saw a lot of things where they, they just, uh, intubation is a, a last resort um, when it comes to, uh, to COVID at this point. You, you know? were kind enough to drop off a t-shirt to me on February 29th, 2020. Uh, you, <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? Well, I guess like when did when did we close down again? I don't that's exactly that's why it's so easy to remember. That was my last live show, and you guys weren't able able to play it, but you were kind of dropped by because you were you had a different show that night. You played Slash Run, so have was that the last time you played four people, not counting drive bys and streaming? <laughs> um, well, it wasn't exactly. I actually played two shows that night. Okay. Um, through a. A small comedy of errors. Um, I was playing a comet uh, as a headliner with my other band, uh, Tired All the Time, that night. So um, I don't want to explain exactly what went wrong with that. We were supposed to be opening up for a uh, a like national headliner, and they dropped, and then it didn't look like it was going to happen. And we got asked to um, play that show, Team Mortgage, with uh, for Stop Worrying and Love the Bombs record release. Mm-hmm. Um, so we jumped on that and then comment basically said they wanted to keep the show going. So I ended up doing both. Um, so yeah, that, I think that was the last time I performed for anyone, uh, in a band setting. I mean, I think the only other thing that we did, um, I really didn't see anyone in the bands for probably a couple months, like yeah. when it started. Because it was, you know, I I, <laughs> I saw this happening before I think the general public really kind of took notice of it. Because you know we have to be aware of that thing. Because I'm sure. basically first round of exposure. <laughs> um, so 
even like a week beforehand, I already knew that I was like, all right, well, things aren't going to bounce back in two weeks. This is going to be a long haul. You know, we lost all of our bookings from, uh, I think we were booked from March through until September. Um, we had multiple like festival dates, a couple like small tours planned. Uh, so I was just kind of bummed out by that. So I didn't even really have the motivation at first. And then within the month or so, um, I got mandated to work where they took my normal schedule and I had kind of, um, resigned myself to the fact that I work in clusters, right? Mm -hmm. I just put all my days together. So I go to work, uh, pretty much over like a long weekend and then I'm off for nine days. Okay. Um, and my job was like, Oh, well, you're actually gonna come in and we want to double your hours and, uh, you're going to come in every day eight hours versus 12 so it's like instead of like getting a little like bump exposure over the weekends like you're just going to be around this all the time yeah <laughs> so at in that part like i just we i didn't see anyone at that point so i was like we we're just too high risk yeah you know it's like now it's like if i do um even if i was concerned about really being exposed uh at the level that i was then like a couple days out is usually enough that you would uh, start showing like symptoms. So um, then I started like meeting up with James, like towards the end of that period of time, I'd be off. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and after a while, it's like, like I said, it's like, he's a young, healthy guy. Uh, he doesn't have any elderly people that he takes care of or really goes around. Yeah. He's working with the public. Um, so it's just the risk he decided to take, you know? You uh, are a drummer. Do you feel like what you do now means something different than it did in February, or is it just sort of getting back to normal? Has 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 the reality of what you do changed in any way? As a drummer, or as a as drummer. The, uh, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, the reality of it's definitely changed. I think. Um, it's hard to kind of change that paradigm of like, you know, we had a lot of things that were kind of keeping that ball rolling mm -hmm. <laughs> and to kind of be uh just suddenly shut down. It's, it's a bit staggering. Um, I, I'd say I'm a little bit more positive right now just because we're getting a little glimmer of, you know, being able to do things again. Um, during the, the months before we had a few opportunities come up, like we're, we're having this month. Um, we just, Kind of started recording so team mortgage has a bunch of stuff that's in the works um my other band's hired all the time uh we actually recorded and we recorded remotely for the most part hmm. so um i went in and i tracked drums with just like one other person and then my uh keyboardist vocalist was doing all of his parts from down in richmond do you find the joy there? Because the whole point of a lot of bands is to, you know, like have community and, and I have an excuse to BS with friends and stuff like that. And if you're doing it remotely, is it as fun? Um, no, I mean, it's, it's a different thing. I mean, luckily, like when we're with the stuff that I was tracking, mm -hmm. um, we had kind of worked on together. So I felt a little more tied to the material. Like we've been doing something since then. Uh, but I don't have the same kind of connection to it because I haven't really been a uh, part of the process the same way I normally would be. This is specifically talking about tired all the time. Sure. Um, but the stuff with that is coming along really great. I'm very proud of like uh, the direction that band's taking. 
Um, we're down. We're like a three-person band now. We don't have a guitarist. We just have like a bass and synth. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of taken a more weird uh, route than it was in the past. Not that we weren't plenty weird already, but... Let's say you know. COVID doesn't happen. What did you hope happened with the bands? What was your ideal outcome? Mm, I mean, I don't know if there's like a modus operandi per se. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm like a heavy hobbyist. Sure. Like, I think anything that you like doing is worth doing well <laughs> and pushing to the limits of what you can push. Sure. Um, I like performing music so much that I've kind of based a lot of my life around just having the ability to do it like it's one of the reasons why i'm a nurse mm-hmm. i uh push all my days together like i do so they can give me time to like be off if i need to get out of state to do something mm-hmm. uh i mean i don't want to get into the the non-breeding thing but like it's one of the reasons why i don't have kids like one of the many reasons why i don't have kids sure but uh you know i've just kind of limited um things just to give me a, the ability to uh get out and do stuff Okay, so you did recently get out and do stuff. You played on the flatbed truck through Adams Morgan. Uh, part of Songbird has a truck that is not technically legal. What's yep. the deal with this? Um, you know, I never got full clarification on mm-hmm. that. Like, like I said, I, I, we I've only been getting fragments of information about a lot of these shows, and uh, some of it's because like people are kind of skirting around like whether they know something's legal or not. Mm-hmm. Um. I do think there was like an Adams Morgan like event commission that they partnered with because um, they weren't able to do Porch Fest this year. So this yeah. was kind of something they were doing like to promote the, uh, they're going to be starting a new um, store, Birdhouse Records. Okay. And I, I'm going to probably screw it up. I think that's going to be down in the wharf. Um, okay. But, you know, I didn't get my, I didn't check my details before that. <laughs> um, so when we went out, I was like, Pulled up on 18th Street, and there are a whole bunch of cops because we actually went on uh, right after a demonstration. Okay. Like a, a flash mob demonstration kind of thing that popped up on 18th Street. Sure. Um, so there were a lot of cops around, and uh, we looked off the truck, and they were just kind of laughing when we pulled up. So I was like, oh, they must have cleared it. <laughs> Got it. Meanwhile, my girlfriend is in the uh, interior of the truck with the driver who's. She said, yeah, he was going, fuck, 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 there's so many cops. <laughs> so that led me to believe that maybe it wasn't on the level, sure. but I guess just the D.C. police uh, were, you know, in the mindset of us not really being an issue. No, you're not an issue. You're, yeah. you're, uh, you are my favorite band in Washington, D.C. Do you know of any of the bands that you like in Washington, D.C. that are not making it anymore, that, that have quit because of COVID? Specifically, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I think some of that stuff would have went out with a whimper more than a bang. Totally. You know? Yeah. You know, not every band gets to have a last show and yeah. really dramatically call it quits and have their Facebook moment. Some people just kind oh, of riffed off, you know? Was it, I, I wanted to say ga- Gouch. Mm-hmm. Is Gouch, they break up? I don't know. I'm I don't asking. know. Don't worry about that. I don't, I don't I know. I want to talk about what you guys are doing, not other bands not doing stuff. You are playing DC yeah. <laughs> 9 uh, the 13th of October. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a streamed thing. Uh, there's a multi-camera setup. You appear to have another member of the band. Uh, yeah. We just this... kind of, kind ahead, of announced that today. Yeah. So this is sort of the first official show since the world shut down, right? Um. 
Yeah, it's the first official one because I think we did a we did a backyard and like I said, that was another thing that we didn't get uh, a lot of information about. Yeah. Um, it ended up being great, but uh, you know, uh, it's the first one we kind of like really announced because yeah. the, the whole truck bed thing was a whole gorilla style show. Um, so were you? Is actually the first. Thing- Go ahead, please. Or was I comfortable at the backyard show? Uh, yeah. I mean. I was. It was a little. Uh, I don't want to get into the details of it. Like, I mean, I think there are some people that like they're like they think they're outside. Like, oh, we're not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really get personally that uncomfortable about it. I think at this point, if I go out in public, I see someone's not wearing a mask. It's like you go, oh, is this a MAGA rally? Yeah. <laughs> like, we actually were joking around. We, we didn't get any information of it. You know, we had that problem with the pizza gators back yeah. when we did our. Um, yeah, we did our comet show. Um, so I was joking around. I said, we're going to pull up. It's going to be like a QAnon thing, man. It's like, they're going to fucking try to finish the job. You know, did you, do we ever talk to you about that? About getting like direct messaged and people were asking us if we wanted to ban kids and shit like that. Okay. So no, we did not talk about this. I had a similar thing because the company I used to work for was tagged and all that. So I wrote a piece about the entire like explainer guide to the Pizzagate conspiracy and uh, my entire expose, this massive feature we ran, was it's not a thing, stop it. That was the entire feature, that's all it said. That did remarkably <laughs> well on the internet. And then the next day, I wrote a column saying, JK, I'm actually the devil. Uh, I'm doing it alone. <laughs> Brandon Weatherby, I am the devil. I did all this. So I, yeah, so I, I was part of it. And like, we took the air out of the sails before they did anything. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I would love to know the teen mortgage. Pizzagate experience. Uh, I mean, it happened. We we found out about it kind of a little circuitously. We're we're on tour and we're up in Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of funny because when James got the uh, direct message, he was actually standing in the middle of like a some museum in Boston. I think it was like the Tea Party Museum, and there was like an elementary school standing around him. Okay, <laughs> he gets a direct message that says, "Hey, y'all want to bang some kids?" He's like, "Well, that's odd." <laughs> and then I said something about it, and then you know the old like uh, I guess one of the teachers that was chaperoning the thing heard us. They said, "Want to bake some kids, huh?" Yeah, you know, it's a little Boston guy thing. He says, "I get it, it's hobby humor." Like, oh no, God. we did, and we explained the whole situation to him. They told us a bunch of weird stories about when the Departed filmed, and so cool. but we came back. <laughs> Yeah, apparently everyone in Boston has a story about the departed. Jesus Christ. Getting getting weed for Jack Nicholson or something like that. Um Yeah, but uh we came back and we just Googled uh you know, did the old bandy search when we got back mm-hmm. and uh we came up on Reddit R slash conspiracy. It's just a picture of us. It says according to comment ping pong's website, um this band T Mortgage will be playing there. Uh and uh something like their websites and imagery uh, contain pizza and satanic references which they do oh totally yeah yeah that's why i like you guys Pizza and the satan part's completely correct yeah that's fine the pedophile part's way off yeah totally they're not the same satan just means atheist it doesn't matter um we um we put that in our press kit now actually like if you actually do mail a physical press kit it's just it's part of our our picture is actually just the uh screenshot of that r slash conspiracy post oh man also it doesn't help that the last thing you released is life and death and that we're on 
King Pizza Records. And, this, and the and, tape before Life and Death, Strange Times, features like a birthday, like a children's birthday cake. Yeah, I didn't even think about that until yeah. now, but there you go. You know that that's effectively banished from uh, the public view anyway, unless you have to have one of the tapes. So one of the good things about your band is it helped me make a friend. So I am a newish father. I have like a fourteen month old. I don't want to say it like I have a fourteen month old. <laughs> And uh, congratulations, about that thanks, too. man. And my wife wears a teen. She wears the white teen mortgage shirt that I no longer fit into. That I never fit into because you didn't have a large, and that's why you dropped me off your shirt for me. And I wear the black one, right? Yeah. So I was wearing the black one yeah, at the yeah. playground, and some guys like, "Is that a band?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, I saw them at Rhizome. There was the last band I saw before I had a kid, and he's got like a two year old or something like that." So it's a very it, it's difficult to make friends after a certain age. It's incredibly difficult to make friends after a certain age during a global pandemic. So I've been wearing like band t-shirts and sports stuff like that because it's sort of a flag saying like, Hey, you do you know these guys? Do you like these guys? You might have a shared interest in me. So there was, it was the first and only time thus far where a, a band, uh, anything has helped me meet a fellow parent. So thank you for that. Right, yeah, no, no problem. That's exactly what meant to happen. Connect <laughs> parents. Uh, let's get back to the DC um, Nine show. You're doing it on October 13th. Um, it's it's streaming. Uh, it's five dollars. Please tell me you're going to make at least a dollar from this. Uh, I mean, if it does well, we will. I mean, the whole reason why we agreed to do it was because DC Nine asked us to do it. Okay, good. Um, you know, we haven't done actual live stream. I think James jumped on something as a just him playing guitar at some point. But we originally just we were kind of avoiding live streams. We didn't think ourselves as that kind of band exactly. Um, but when they asked us to do it, um, and they kind of explained uh, their model, we figured we would do it because I think it's gonna it's gonna help bring some cash into them too. Mm-hmm. You know, the first. Uh, like 150 that we make goes right towards the sound engineers. Okay. Um, and then there's, we make a certain cut after that. And then we're splitting that, uh, with DC nine too, after like, I think after a certain point. So, um, that's why we're doing it. So, um, I mean, it'd be cool if we make some cash from it, but you know, that's, um, never like our goal. Like the only time we actually ask about money is, uh, when we don't want to do something, (laughs) Because we found it's a really good way to get rid of shitty promoters. Oh sure, yeah. It's like, hey, you want to play this, uh, you know, in quotations fest? And we look at <laughs> what the events we've done in the past, and we go, okay, we're going to ask you for like three times the amount that we usually get paid, and then they stop email. Uh, you guys are to me a a wonderful loud band that benefits from people being around you. Um, mm-hmm. Are you? Are you having fun in the rehearsal space like you did before this, or are you trying to build in things? Are you planning more things because there's no other people around? How has the approach for this specific show been? Um, I think right from the get go, it's like I think we're gonna play longer because it's very rare that you see us really go out and play more than like thirty minutes. It's like running, mm-hmm. you know, like we're sweatier than hell. Like maybe like three songs in. You know, um, so I think immediately we knew we needed to do something else. Um, one of the first things that happened was uh, we were had our secret character 
Um, you know, like I said, we're going to be adding the third member for this show. Um, and that was originally something where I was just going to bring him on for a few uh, songs. And then he's, you know, a consummate professional. So he showed up and learned everything that we've ever written. Um, so we were like, all right, I guess we're doing the whole set. Cool. <laughs> that guy's um, Joey Mitchell. Uh, he used to be in a band called Swamp Candy. Okay. Uh, which is like a duo uh, alt Americana thing. Um, you know, they have a, that's what he did for a living. Oh, cool. Basically that, that and a few different bar gigs, uh, teaching and stuff like that. Cause you know, any real working musician that isn't like famous has, you know, oh, yeah. uh, multiple jobs. Um, so yeah, he hasn't really been working since COVID. So, um, it, he finally had a chance to do anything. I always kind of thought if we ever did add a third member, It'd probably be him so i don't think it's going to be uh we're not planning on permanently flexing up yeah to a three-piece um it's kind of just like a special thing for for the covid times yeah right now and i expect that when things pick up we'll probably go back to like you know paying his bills but you never know i mean we we're we're trying to figure out how we can maybe keep him as like a floating member uh in the future but you know everything's chaotic now so who knows i'm assuming you guys are writing new stuff you're recording new stuff this is the time to do it obviously this is the as yeah, is the only option really yeah um that's one fringe positive about this is that we got to the point where we wanted to record and we had new stuff that was like pretty much ready uh me you know like our song valley and uh i mean i don't know if you actually know the name but i think we might have played it show at some point but uh that's been done for a while and people have been asking us to record it um we were finding a hard time just to stop playing shows to really settle into a studio um so even then it's like uh when we did try to get studio time it's like you got to plan like eight months in advance sure so we actually recorded this um in like a makeshift studio i don't know what to say makeshift basically like one of the members tired all the time uh when this happened just committed to getting the equipment and like outfitting his uh basement to record yeah because at so, this point you have the time why and, and i have friends that own studios like not a knock on them but just like if you have the time this is the time to just learn how to record yourself yeah I mean, that's exactly what we did. And I mean, it's exciting for definitely for tired all the time because that group just is really constantly writing stuff. And um, we do a lot of like real weird fringe shit, like where mm -hmm. we do corporate versions of our, our songs. I don't, I don't know if I've ever explained the whole modus, uh, the whole weird theme that group has. I'm not You're going corporate, to. right? <laughs> uh, there's like this loosely pharmacorp aesthetic yeah. that we really don't fully explain ever but that's kind of part of the whole i guess mystique um but yeah it just lends itself to a lot of like pharmaceutical humor um or health humor or political humor um but it's all very kind of subtle and tongue-in-cheek uh, when do you think you'll be what was the last time you were on stage and you were truly happy Man, I pretty much enjoy myself most of the time on okay. stage. Uh, but the last time, I mean, obviously being on the truck was um, probably one of the most exciting things I've done of recent memory just because yeah. it was so, you know, 
it was so weird and possibly illegal. So you get that little bit of a rush from it. Um, yeah, I mean, even playing in the backyard, it was great. Like, um, it's interesting because like the few people that were there and it was like, you know, it's a good, like, it's an amount that if you put it like in a normal club, you'd be completely happy with the oh, okay. like, audience, you know? I like it's how you don't want to say playing. how many people it is because you don't want to get anybody in trouble because it sounds like you're not being a responsible citizen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there, there's there's always that too. It's like uh, when you do talk about doing shows now, it's there's definitely people that are like they're like they're not coming out until it's all over, you know. So there is that in the back of your head, like where you do start playing. You're going like, am I? Are we gonna catch shit for this? <laughs> You know, I wonder if it's any. Um, well, you're a you're a nurse, like you're a healthcare professional that's lived through this on you know on the frontline capacity. So it's a little bit different mm-hmm. for you. And if anything, yeah. that gives the show more. It gives the sh- it okay's the show. Like if if he's willing to do the thing, he's doing it safely. It's fine. 